You're listening to Hot Mess to Success Podcast, Episode 10. What was your path to becoming an entrepreneur? Are you still in process? Are you destined to work for yourself and generate an income from home? From a very young age, I can remember having lots of different side hustles and odd jobs that paid similar to a commission-type structure. I may or may not have been the little girl that got tips for pouring beers from the keg at my uncle's party. Then, when I realized I could sell stuff that I didn't want anymore, like old Barbie dolls, in exchange for cash, it was game on. Thank you to my aunt for supplying my inventory. (laughs) Looking back, there are a lot of things that I can think of that nurtured my entrepreneurial spirit. So, let's take you way back to where it all started. Today, I chat with Laura about the journey of being a full-time entrepreneur. Listen in to see if you can recognize any similarities to your past or current situation. So turn up the volume, pour a cup of happy coffee, think back to your first lemonade stand, and ignite the entrepreneurial fire that burns deep in your soul. You're listening to the Hot Mess to Success podcast, where we firmly believe that you can make your dreams a reality no matter what life throws at you. Besties in biz, Amanda and Laura will encourage you to embrace your hot messes own your message, and empower you to kick ass in life and business. It's time to learn from the experts. Listen in on raw and real conversations. Hear hot tips and tricks that helped others overcome the challenges and struggles of being an entrepreneur. Are you ready to dig in, get a little dirty, do the work, and tackle your biggest hot messes so you can enjoy ultimate success? If so, you're in the right place. Here are your hosts, mentors, coffee mug collectors, mother hustlers, and taco lovers, Amanda Belkazar and Laura Host. When Laura and I first started this project, we knew we wanted to give, give, give. But I have to tell you, this is getting a little out of control. In honor of our launch, we have put together a huge prize package that is worth way over $1,000. And we want you to win it. Just go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win and enter today. That's hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. Hey, hey there, everybody. Welcome, welcome to our Thursday episode where Laura and I dig in and have a little bit of girl talk here. Uh, We just had an awesome interview with Joy Packard, and that was on the episode that dropped on Tuesday. And you can check out all of that at hotmesstosuccess.com slash joy. That's super simple, right? So Perfect. So we have that. And so, yeah, if you haven't checked that out, go back, listen to that. There's a lot of awesome stuff in there, but this is where Laura and I get to kind of talk about some of the, you know, points and dig in and um, share a little bit here. So I actually was thinking about some of the stuff that she talked about a little mini recap. She is a mom of eight and she has 10 grandbabies, <laughs> more on the way, more that are coming in process. And so it was really awesome to hear her journey through what she did as a work from home mom with all these babies all over the place. Because now I met her um, in e-commerce and I met her when basically right now her youngest is 16. So she has, I think their ages range from 16 to 31. So now she's almost going to be an empty nester in regards to her own kids, 
But years ago when she realized that she did not want to be working outside of the house and then have all these babies because it would have been bonkers, right? (laughs) So I think that that's that's one of the things that I I think a lot of us go through and realize. And, you know, for Laura and I, it happened earlier on, like prior to babies, but we probably kind of saw that. And I mean, I don't know, Laura, can you remember at what point you just realized that, you know, corporate America or, you know, a job or having a boss or whatever just was not for you? Can you kind of remember? Yeah, actually, sadly, it's like a dagger to my heart and my pocketbook because it costs so much money to figure that out. So I followed the traditional, hey, graduate from high school. You got to go to college. We're going to go to college. I went to college for two years, got my AA degree. And I'm like, okay, now I'm like 20, 21. Like I'm supposed to know what I want to do for the rest of my life. Right. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to know what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I took a break. I went into working. I did a variety of different things like selling cars to started in uh, some home businesses to all of that. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to school, but I want to do something that's helpful. And so I went back to school and I got my degree in um, speech language and hearing pathology. And I get out of school, get my bachelor's degree, get out of school with this huge amount of debt because I took the max amount I could take every quarter, like nonsense, not, not financially responsible in that aspect. Um, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, I got out of school. I started working in the field, loved the kids I worked with. I worked with special um, needs kids in elementary school. It was a fantastic, rewarding thing. But as I was working every single day, I was working on my side hustle and I was launching my own virtual assistant business. My mom was on the verge of losing her job. And I was like, hey, this is, this is going to be amazing. And I was like, I am so entrepreneurial. Like I've got this burning fire inside of me that I know that I I am meant to like be out there and to like, like do more than what I could do just going to a nine to five every single day. And so I think there's just something so special about entrepreneurs when you get that fire in your soul, which is why I love that we do this because there's just something different about the spirit and soul of an entrepreneur because they're so passionate and it takes so much drive and passion and perseverance because you're going to fall down a million times and you've got to get up a million and one times. And so it was really that point in my life when I realized, wow, I just spent a lot of money, 60 plus thousand dollars on a, you know, bachelor's degree, college education. And now I'm not going to work in that field. And of course my family's like, what in the world are you doing girl? Like, I'm like, I'm going to go make a whole bunch more money doing what I want to do. Right. And so I've always been that type of person like, hey, I I make it happen, realizing the potential is there, like never give up, perseverance, I will hustle all day and all night to make it happen. And I am very much like, we talked about love languages on one of our episodes, I'm not even sure what it was, but like my love languages is words of affirmation. And so that really goes along as an entrepreneur because I love like, oh my gosh, like if you go sell a million dollars, you'll get this free pen. And I'm like a free pen. Oh my gosh. I'm totally going to earn that free pen. Like when I was working in whatever, like with other direct sales companies. So there's just something about the passion there. And there's something about that, the reward that comes with it. And so even the words of affirmation, just from people around you, right. Recognizing that you're doing a good job. So that's really kind of when I realized that 
this was for me. And then I realized I want to do this as a mom, you know, like I get to stay home with my kiddos. I have the flexibility. I've kept all of my kids home or had a nanny with them till they were at least two years old and then um, let them go and start um, interacting with other kids in childcare settings. But yeah, just, I, I'm, I'm so passionate about that. And I think there's just something really special about that too. Yeah. And I, it, it's funny because I look back because I'm always wondering like where, because again, there's nothing wrong with, if you have a job and you love it, fantastic. But like, that was absolutely not for me. And I look back at even before I was legally able to, you know, have a job and I was doing different things, like different side jobs before, because basically, you know, my mom, I really didn't get, I'm, I'm sure we had some sort of like minor allowance in, in some way. I don't know. Um, cause some, she did a good job of instilling some financial disciplines in me, but I think that discipline came out of almost necessity because <laughs> when yeah. you don't have money, you have to have that financial discipline. Right. And then also just knowing like, Hey, like you're going to be 16. I can't give you a car and you're not going to get your license unless you can pay for your own insurance because insurance will also will go up on my insurance in Michigan. That's how it works. Like it would be go up on my mom's insurance if I got my license, even if I didn't have a car, even if I wasn't technically put on there. So we always knew that. So for some reason that like trickled down for when I was younger. And then I remember my first, like I had a job when I was McDonald's was actually my first technically legal job. And listen to this. I remember being, I think it was like 425 or 475 was minimum wage at this point. Yeah. I was 14 years old. It was since we lived in the country, there was two McDonald's. One was 15 minutes away. One was about 35 minutes away. The one that was 15 minutes away from our house, you could not work there until you were 15. So when I was 14, I applied at the one that was 35 minutes away. Mind you, I couldn't drive. My mom worked full time. And so she drove me there to, through the summer for me to work for like four hour stints. Like to me, like obviously looking back now, I would be like, A, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's not very efficient. Like all of these things to me, thank God she was willing like to do that because that was like, okay, I'm going there. I'm earning my own, you know, money, whatever. And then I did move to the other McDonald's once I turned 15. So that made it a little bit better. But I, I didn't mind that one so much. I don't know why, probably just because of the excitement of having an official job. Yeah. But my next job was in retail for like two weeks. I hated every second of it. It was at a clothing store. It was at Deb in the mall. I hated every last second of it. And I was just like, this is not for me. And I can remember doing when, when my other jobs that I would do, like go out and our neighbor had these big, like walnut things that he wanted picked up. And so he would give me an amount per walnut that I would pick up like a penny or something stupid. And so I would go and I would collect these when I was younger. And so that was kind of like a pay from performance. I could stop when I wanted, I delivered when I wanted, like that was it. So that was motivation for me to do it. I would imagine if he was paying me hourly, I would not have that same drive whatsoever. And so I think that from there, I had went to being a food server. And I always said, like, if I wasn't an entrepreneur or if I had to get, you know, a quote unquote job um, that I just had to go out real quick and not have to apply and all this kind of stuff for different things, like I would be a food server. And so I really enjoyed that type of position, which is interesting. I was always motivated and to be able to, you know, 
I guess, serve people in a sense, which is kind of weird, but, but that did also you guys get tips? like, yeah, you were tips. See, that's you the motivation. Tips. I loved serving and bartending. Like that was yeah. one of my favorite things. Yeah. And then, um, being able to pick up, it was, it was relatively flexible. Of course you're scheduled, but I could always like work doubles when I wanted to, if I had an extra bill that needed to be paid, I just worked more. I pick up shifts from other people. So that I think was like, after I did food, ser- was a food server, it, there was just no going back. Cause even after I did that all through college. And when I graduated, I had a, a job lined up right away. I was a project manager for a promotions company and I went there and it wasn't, it was salaried, but obviously I was working as hourly and I just hated it. And supposedly this was like, I was overseeing an entire crew of people and, and different projects and all this stuff. And it was just so just unmotivated to me. And like, that was it. After that, it was like full commission jobs. Like I just, I just couldn't deal with that. I don't know why, but I really, I I don't think it could matter what the work was. Like it's either full commission or, you know, sink or swim on my part. Cause I just don't think that I could just work hourly. It's the same thing with kids. So like the motivation, like my kids are motivated, especially ZZ. I'm not by the immediate, immediate gift or the immediate monetization, but by like just doing several good things she has to do and get stars on her chart or stickers on her chart before you actually earn the big reward, which I think is so cool. So it's like, you've got to like do all these little things that build up. So you know that it's progressively, you know, positive, layered on positive, layered on positive versus just go take out the trash and here's a buck. It's no, go take out a trash, you get a sticker, go take out trash five days out of the week. And now you can go get a dollar, you know, like, so it's, it makes so much more sense as parenting as well. And with our children as well, instilling that in them at a young age, I was picking rocks and fields. I would get so excited when the farmers would call to like, want us to go pick rocks out of their fields so that they went, whatever their equipment wouldn't get hurt or whatever, whatever the reason was they needed that done. Right. And then, um, I too worked in a clothing store, but I spent all my money there. So my dad, like, you need to get a different job. So then I went because I'm like, well, they're telling us I have to wear the latest fashion. So I, I'm not even making any money. I'm making like $5 an hour. And then I've got to buy the clothes to wear to the store. And then I have no money. Right. And so then I went and worked at the hardware store because I was like, well, I probably don't want to buy a lot here. So that was okay. <laughs> And then I did serving and bartending by far my favorite, my, like I met the most amazing girls there. We had the most fun. I was in my early twenties. We had a blast doing that. And it's a people thing, right? And when we're, you know, out there and it was, it was amazing. It was like so fun and it was rewarding. Like the more people loved us and liked us and wanted us on the Bev card in the golf course, you know, the better the tips were. So it was, it was an awesome, it was an awesome job. And I think that's, what's so great is that there's, there's opportunities for kids younger and younger to be able to have the opportunity to start monetizing, saving. And like Joy was talking about, like save, give and spend yourself. And so that's the same thing I was telling Zizi the other day. She's like, I'm going to work for that. And I'm like, then you're going to save so much for later. Then you're going to decide how much you want to give. And then if you want to buy something, so I have to explain it to her. Like if you buy a Barbie for yourself, you have to buy a Barbie for another little girl who's not going to get a Barbie. And she's like, okay, like that sounds fun then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. So yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm sure there is an amazing book. If any of our listeners know, just kind of like that 
like dissects the psychology of what or why there is you know, kind of, I don't know if people are mostly hardwired, if it's part of, you know, your environment, I'm sure it's, it's a combination for sure. I mean, obviously we're talking about enjoying like bartending and, um, you know, being a food server. I would have to imagine that most of the people that truly enjoy that are extroverts. Like we are <laughs> no surprise yeah. there, but, yeah. and so again, that's just, that's just kind of the path. And I was just wondering if there was any types of correlations there, but that's exactly what it is. I mean, I know that there's a quote that says, you know, entrepreneurs are the only ones that'll work, you know, 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 a week, (laughs) but it is so true. But I mean, there's just something about it. And I think what it also does is it opens up just your view of the possibilities, which is incredible because there, it just, it's endless possibilities. Like when I was working in a job. It was like there, there wasn't a lot of option. You don't get to choose what you're doing with your day for the most part. Like you're coming in here, you're being told, you know, what, what you're supposed to do. And then that's it. You go home. And then, I mean, you have the freedom to decide what you're going to do after that. I mean, and there is something, there's something to be said again. I'm not saying it's wrong because there's something to be said about people that have the opportunity to go to work and then leave their work at work. And for some, I think that that is awesome. And I think that, you know, could, could be really good for different, you know, personality types or whatever, because they just get to leave and then they get to decompress because truly when we're going to talk about being you work from home, this is, you know, 24 seven for us. I mean, this is whether I'm working with my husband and we're talking about stuff or I'm working with, you know, Laura and we're talking about stuff. It really is. And especially when you're getting something just started, of course, it's going to be a little bit higher. And the whole point is later for it not to necessarily be like that. But at the same time, we absolutely love it. Like, if we weren't doing this, we would find something else that we would be right. at a time that would be, you know, entrepreneurial as well. And I, I talk with some of my friends um, on our mastermind group and same thing. They're like, happy Monday. I love Mondays, like ready to rock. Let's get it. I don't really understand, uh, you know, why I love this all the time or whatever, but that's just, you know, they're just amped up to work on their passion. And it, actually speaking of that yesterday, I, I broke my cell phone glass right? Want, want. So walked into a place to be like, okay, let's see what you can do for me. How much is this going to be? And I got to talking with the guy and he's like, yeah. So, and this was Sunday at this point. Okay. Today's Thursday we're on there. But when I walked in there, it was Sunday at like 12 PM. And so I got to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm the owner. I have, you know, X amount of stores and this, that, and the other. And I'm, he's like, this is how I cater to my customers. He's like, because it's just BS what the insurance companies do to people and then the cell phone companies and they don't, you know, chat enough to make sure that they're getting great customer service and whatever. And so it came out that he was the owner and he was, you know, youngish, probably like, you know, late thirties, early forties, I'm thinking. And I was like, so wait, I said, you need to find somebody that is just as good as customer service that you, so you don't have to be here on a Sunday afternoon. And he started laughing. He's like, you know what? He's like my fiance, you know, had said that to me too. He's like, I have to explain to her. I just love this. He goes, you came in here. He's like, I just love this. I love being able to, he's like, and you know, when you're in momentum, you just want to stay in momentum. And, and he was just, you could tell he had that entrepreneur fire going on. And I was laughing and he got to the point, I was telling him a little bit what he asked what I do. And I was sharing with him our um, stuff in the pet space. He's like, 
oh my gosh. He like pulls open his phone and we have, you know, CBD for pets. He's like, look at this. And he's got like vending machines. He's like, but you need to get into the cannabis space. And I was like, hold up, yo. I was like, that's a whole different ball game. I was like, there's government involved. There's big farming involved. And like, till that stuff settles down, that is not the business for me. Guaranteed there's great opportunity there, but no, like we're not going into that area. But he's like, but listen, he's like, I need to sit down because I'm buying and selling business all the time. I need to sit down with you and your husband and we can kind of like hash this out. Cause I love like talking with other entrepreneurs and it was just so funny. It's out of the blue. I was like, dude, Sunday at noon and you are just here rocking and rolling at the cell phone repair shop. <laughs> he's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I was pulling up this quote that I, I was like, you know, I'm a Pinterest junkie and I was uh, looking at Pinterest last night through stuff. And this one was Tony Robbins says, trade your expectations for appreciation and the world changes instantly. Think about that with our kids. Wow. When you change wanting expectations for appreciation. And I yes. really started doing this so much with my kids too, mm-hmm. is like really like recognizing what they're doing right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's so easy to be like, you need to make your bed. You need to do this. You need to clean up your toys. Instead. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for putting your shoes on. Thank you for getting out of bed. Thank you for getting dressed. Thank you for taking your bath. Thank you for helping pick up your plates after dinner. You know, appreciation versus expectation. Right. Ah, ding, 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 ding. I love that. And then they're they're like, oh my gosh, that feels so good. Wow, mommy recognizes that. I want to do that again. I want more of that. And it has nothing to do with money. Right. They want that feeling of being appreciated, Appreciated. right? It's the same thing, I think, with like serving and stuff. It's it's just like you feel good. Like people are happy. You're bringing them this amazing steak dinner and they're like, yeah, you know, like they feel good. They're happy. They're out. They're probably getting a night away from kids maybe. It's just like you you feel appreciated, right? Like they're just like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, thank you. And what I love the saying that, you know, a smile is the universal language because when I was on the plane, I was next to two little girls when we were flying back from Orlando last week, I was next to two little girls on the plane who didn't speak English. And I just kept smiling at them. I just, they were just such little dolls and I just kept smiling at them. And I always get the window seat for some reason. And I never want the window seat. I always want the aisle (laughs) seat and everyone always takes the window seat and they always look at me. Like when I walk up, like, (gasps) is she going to want my seat? And I just smile at him and I just sit on the outside. I don't even say anything. I'm like, oh yeah, you're good. Just stay where you're at, you know? Yeah. But just, it's that appreciation and that just that smile, that thank you. You just don't know how you'll change people's lives. I gave that challenge one time on when I was doing a Facebook live, I was like, I challenge you guys to go out because I'll do this just for pure entertainment. Like, And just because it's fun, I just go out in public when you're at the grocery store or whatever, because people are so in their zone, they're like pushing their cart and their heads are down and they're just so focused on whatever they're doing. Just start smiling at people. And they kind of look at you like, am I supposed to know you? Did you do something? Do you want something? And then they kind of like, then they kind of start to smile back. And then if you say hi with a smile, like, Hey, and they're like, and it's so funny, but people are like, well, hi. Like, I mean, it actually makes people yeah. smile. And I've had people who are like that to me and just like the, the power of a simple compliment too. like, wow, I, I love your shirt. That's so cute. And you're just mm-hmm. passing by in the grocery store. I mean, genuine compliments, like, sure. wow, those are really cute glasses, you know, just, just doing my thing, just recognizing the, the, you know, the beauty of everyone around me. And it does change people's lives. And you don't know, they might be having a horrible day. They might just came from the hospital with an ill parent or something or whatever it might be. And so it's just that power of appreciation and gratitude 
And when you share that with other people, it's even more powerful. Hey friends. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show. I just wanted to jump in with a quick reminder about our huge prize pack giveaway. Register at hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. There's a ton of prizes for you to win. So go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. Now let's get back to the show. It is. And I think a lot of people do not experience that on a regular basis. And you can tell, and for example, we have a, a rental home and every three years we have to get it inspected by the city. And it's funny because like the, the lead inspector guy, that's just, it must be who it is. He is just so like, if you call him on the phone, you could just tell he's just the grumpiest, grouchiest person. But if you flip it and you like John was saying how he was calling him and just asked him a question about the inspection. And he was like, ultimate, ultimate respect, like calling that Mr. So-and-so and like very respectful, whatever. And he goes, he now, when I call and like, he, he knows it's me, he recognizes me at first. He always answers like a grouch always. Cause he's dealing with people yelling at him all the time. He has to go to court and deal with all this craziness, people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. So he just has to deal with all this uh, all the time. And that just is deteriorates your quality of life and it just makes you so grumpy. So it's so funny. It, it's now when John calls, he's like, he recognizes it's pretty quickly that it's me. And you could tell his entire demeanor just changes because he's like, okay, great. I don't have to deal with a jerk probably. Right. He actually gets to deal with somebody that is being kind and like nice to him. And it's just like those little things, you know, or even, you know, smiling when you're on the phone, like people yep. can tell those little things and they can feel that. And again, just sometimes you just never know whose day that you can flip around. And so it's really funny that we went down this path because we kind of caught it. I, it is, of but it, here's but the other thing when I've called customer service before and I'm just raging, like something is broken, something didn't work or whatever is like, you know, say your internet service is out or something. And I call and they're like, well, let me see if I can find you help. And I'm like, you know, I'm always show extra gratitude to whoever is helping me on the phone, the customer service person. I'm always like, thank you so much for helping me. Like, I really appreciate your help today. Like, and then they go the extra mile because I'm thanking them in advance. Like, thank you so much because I really do need my internet service or whatever it is, you know, like I really need to get this working, you know, and it's not their fault either. And that's, they have to deal with that on day. And I try and do that even when I get fired up over stuff, cause there's some things even that I'm like, yeah, I have to deal with this customer service person again. And, you know, getting fired up over something because you know, a company has wronged me, but then after they can tell that I'm really ticked off and I go through and I'm like, da, 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 da. I'm like, listen, I know when it, when it just know that I'm conscious that this is not your fault. And I am requesting that you do everything you can to help me. And just know if I do get like fired up or upset, this is not at you, but this yeah. is what I'm dealing with. And if you can even like layer that in there, it kind of makes them take a step back and they realize too, like, yeah, stuff's crappy. Thankfully they know it's not at me. This person's upset, but you know, it kind of like mitigates the situation because it is, it's really unfair that they have to take the call that clearly they didn't do it right? right. It's not their fault per se. So, right. but yeah, that can, that can make a huge difference for sure. But I guess that kind of leads into a, a little bit of, you know, when you do decide that you want to, you know, work from home or whatever you want to do, that's like designing. I, I like, I like to think about that as like just designing the life that you want. And a lot of people I feel don't realize that this is an option. I think that's what keeps that, that's what keeps people held back a little bit in regards because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that's great or that's great for you, but I have XYZ and I'm just like 
friends, like you have choices. You have to make the choices. Is it going, it's going to be hard regardless, you know, right. but knowing that you have those choices, knowing that you have those options. And I think one of the biggest things that can, can propel people and, and sad enough, I've talked to a lot of people that when they realized that they had to make that tradition, it was transition. It was when a, a major thing happened in their life, whether it was that they lost somebody close to them or they saw somebody, for example, that had, you know, busted their butt. And they were like, I've heard stories of people that they're like, oh my gosh, I respected this person so much. And, you know, they were about two months from retiring and so they worked all this time, all this overtime, whatever. And they were, and then all of a sudden they, you know, passed away of like a heart attack or something. And they're like, I'm looking at that. They're like, it was devastating just to see that, okay, this is what they were working towards. Their whole life was for that retirement. And so they didn't get to live their life early on. I mean, that's, that's great that they had that, you know, goal to reach for, but sadly, like how much did they miss throughout that time frame? And I think it's really important for people to kind of take a step back uh, if there's if there's something that they're not happy with in regards and just know you can make a change. And again, it's going to be hard either way. You can. And I think, um, I don't think I said this on the podcast before. I think we were uh, maybe talking to somebody at podcast movement, but it's the story of the guy who is the bus driver and he is like just a bus driver in a community. I don't remember where I read this story, but um, he like you know, is probably getting paid 10 bucks an hour or something like that. But he was the best bus driver ever. Everyone wanted to ride his bus. He was happy. He greeted everyone. He had a smile on his face. He knew everyone. His wife would knit like scarves at Christmas and give them out to the passengers on the bus. Everyone was then like how much he felt love in return because of that. He was like getting gifts and presents. And when it was his birthday, it was like always a big party. And he was a bus driver who, because he was called to be a bus driver and that's what he, he knew he was called to be a bus driver. He embraced that and he loved it and he did not. And I think that's part of the process too, of being an entrepreneur is it's not like you just become a million dollar entrepreneur overnight, right? It's embracing the process and the steps to get there. I look at this, like I have been an entrepreneur on this roller coaster for 20 years and it has, and I've, always tried to embrace the fact that this is where I meant to be. And I always try to put a smile on my face because people are like, everyone thinks like, Laura, your life is so smooth sailing all the time. It seems so perfect all the time because they're getting the highlight reel on social media. Right. But it's like, it's not always perfect, but it's how you want to present yourself as well and how you're going to put yourself out there to the universe, because that's the energy that you're going to get back. And so that bus driver gets on that bus every single day. He puts a smile on his face. He greets, he's singing, he's doing all these amazing things. And he is getting it back tenfold, the energy back to him. And he loves being a bus driver. And it was just the most amazing story ever. And I don't know if it was like his obituary that was talking about it or what it was, but just all these stories of people who just loved him and all these great things. And I was like, wow, that, that just speaks volumes about, you know, embracing where we're at. It doesn't matter what career you're called to do, whether you're called to be an entrepreneur, whether you're called to be an amazing stay-at-home mom, whether you're called to do, you know, be a plumber, be a bus driver, be anything. It doesn't matter. Like in that moment of what you're doing, choose happiness, right? Choose your attitude to be happy in that moment because you don't know who you're going to bless around you, which is so cool. 
And that's, and that's also the thing too, like even when I'm sitting here and discussing like, oh my gosh, like I didn't, I, I, I couldn't continue to do that job because I had to like change that. And you know, again, there are some people out there that really do not enjoy their job right now. Now here's a couple things is obviously that's not going to happen overnight. We're not saying if, if you don't enjoy your job, then you need to find something else and then just walk, right? That's not the case. But I think that you can have much more of a better attitude if you are working towards something else and then, but have a great attitude at your job too. I mean, it's only, why not? Why would, why not? Right. Why not try and, and, and that is, that's the catalyst and that's the start of what you're going to need to be an entrepreneur anyway. So you need to be able to look at that situation, even if you're not happy in your job, because again, there's going to be things in, even in your entrepreneurial journey that you're not necessarily happy to do and you have to figure it out and you have to do it with a positive attitude or guess what? You're not going to have a, a great business if you're not able to do that. So I feel like there's some training that happens right. in there, like being able to do that part of it with a smile. And again, it's a little bit different if I, you know, when you're talking with somebody that they're, they're in their job and they just feel like totally like lost or, you know, and they have nothing, nothing else that they're looking to or nothing else that they're aspiring to because, uh, but they're unhappy in their job. That, that would, that would be soul crushing. Right. Yeah. But I think that having, having that positive outlook on your job and what you're doing and just going in there and just be like, I'm going to make the best of this, regardless of what it is, that is really going to help open up other opportunities for you just because you're going to be so much more welcoming to other people. And then you can actually start to work on whatever else you want to work on. If there is, you know, an uh, entrepreneur journey that you want to dig into. Absolutely. The possibilities are endless when you just, yeah. I feel like it's the energy that you put out. It's your possibilities are endless then, which is so cool. Yeah. And then real quick, I mean, the last part, cause I, you had just posted something on, on one of your Facebook pages. Um, and it basically at the end, it's like, you know, when somebody asks you, what do you do? You say, you know, whatever it takes, like, not like, what do you do? Oh, I'm an entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. blah. I know what do you do, whatever it takes. And that, that truly is, I think the definition of an entrepreneur as well. Like, that's just what it is. Like you just get it done. And it's, I was, I even mentioned that there's a, a song by Imagine Dragons and I love yeah. that song. Um, and so that's really, truly what it is. Like you, you, you have a roadblock, you have a stumble, you have whatever. And it's like, Oh my God. Like you look at something, you're like, how are you going to get it done? And you're just like, well, I don't know, but I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> like right. I really, I might not be able to see it, but there's really no other option than me like getting it done. So I'm going to make it happen. That's what I've listened to other entrepreneurs and they're like, you know, I had a goal to sell a thousand books and I was at 500 and it piddled out, you know, I sold 500 and it was kind of over and fizzled out or whatever but I had a goal to sell a thousand books, right? So the fire burned out a little bit, but it was like, I had a goal to sell a thousand books. So I was, you know, you just keep going. It's a, you do whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes, I was going to get to sell those thousand books he was saying. And I was like, that's the difference between making it, not making it. Because yeah. then once you hit that thousand, it's just like, you know, you're on, it's that you got to build that momentum. It's so easy to see. And I see this in entrepreneurs all the time. They come in, they're excited, they have fire, they have passion. And then they're like, and then it starts to fizzle because they're like, oh, that it, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Like, and their flame it's starts hard. to 
And they're like, oh, wait, what's going on? And then they're like, okay, just kidding. I really didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I don't really want to make extra money. I don't really want that extra thousand dollars a month. I was yeah. just kidding. You're like, no, you are not kidding. It's that persistence to push through that because there's going to be all those obstacles and all those other little things that you have to do to get to the next level success. All those things that aren't going to necessarily pay you in the beginning, right? Like setting up an email list, doing all this marketing, doing all these other things. It's not monetization right away. But if you don't have those pieces in the puzzle, you're never going to get the puzzle put together fully to be able to actually monetize. So keep your fire burning no matter what, because it's so easy to watch it fizzle out and you do whatever it takes, which is so yeah. cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing. It's the, it's the vision. And if you have that vision and you have that why, then that's going to continue to pull you through for sure. And that will that will continue to draw you um, towards it. So even when stuff does start to get hard, the honeymoon stage is over, all that kind of stuff, you can work through that because that's absolutely what's going to be necessary. And, you know, one of the things that I, I love thinking about, even even with this, and I believe it's in one of our descriptions or whatever, is like, I know belief is so important. A belief in yourself is incredibly important. And a lot of times when you're just starting out, that's very hard. So, you know, we always say that we will believe in you until you believe in yourself. And that's one of yes. the, the things that we're, we're here for. Cause I know that can be uh, very difficult, but talking with a lot of different entrepreneurs, there's that seem to be kind of the thing that everybody's so thankful for in a journey because just you just don't know like you you're you're doing something new and you're like I hope this pans out or whatever and you have got to have that belief to keep going with that drive and sometimes you don't have that with the people that are around you so when you don't have that with people around you it's really difficult to have it for yourself so get around people that do. We are one that know, like I talk, we talked to so many people at the event and some of them, um, you know, are still working their, still working their jobs and they, they want to do this amazing, um, you know, podcast and build this other business or whatever. And we're talking to them. And I'm like, Oh my, like I could see, I could see greatness in them immediately. And I'm like, Oh my, are you like, and you could tell that they were doubting themselves. I'm like, you got this. I'm like, Duh. and then so you could tell they were almost scared when they were looking. I was just like, well, just because like, well, I guess I could go down like part-time, like am I doing like, yeah, tomorrow. Like you absolutely can. Like if you can do that. But, and they were just, I'm like, you're in trouble now that you're hanging around with me and Laura, because this is about to get real. Like we will right. believe in you. And I'm like, but I, but again, it's not, I'm just not blowing smoke. Like I can see like how awesome people yeah. are. People are just, they just don't have that belief in themselves. But once they get that man game over, it's done. And I think a great challenge for people would be like, if you are doubting yourself, if you are like, you know, you constantly find yourself going up the success ladder and then kind of fizzling out because you have inner doubt, self-doubt, anything like that. I challenge you to find an accountability partner or yeah. to be accountable verbally, even if it's just through Facebook. I've watched friends quit smoking, exercise, whatever, and they just use social media as a way for themselves to put it out there. They set their goal out there. They they tell all thousands and thousands of their friends on social media. Now they're accountable, right? And they continue to check in through social media. Even if it's not a one-on-one -on -one thing, it's their public posts where they're telling people like, hey, I'm down two pounds. 
Hey, I'm not smoking for two weeks, whatever it is. That accountability is super duper powerful as well. There's tons of Facebook forums, there's groups, there's, I'm sure there's things on all different kinds of platforms, LinkedIn groups, all these different things. So any type of social, you can find people to be accountable with you or to put it out there because I know, especially on social media, people are cheering for you and they're like, Hey, congratulations. Good job. So proud of you. All of those things. And so that is just the motivation that you need when your fire starts to burn out. It's so cool to go back and, or even say it on social media, like, Hey, I'm starting to fizzle out. Tell me I can do this. And yeah. people will encourage you. People will push you to the next level. So don't be afraid to share it and don't be afraid to put yourself out there a little bit, even if you're an introvert. But if you have that goal and you're tired of like this roller coaster of success, failure, success, failure, and you want to really push through that, I encourage accountability because yeah. it'll, it definitely helps. Yeah. And then, and do you know, it's funny because it's, it seems now at this point, um, for Laura and I like, yeah, that's, that's just what we would do. And we are thankfully surrounded by so many incredible people that will do that for us because for the past few years, we've been very diligent about filtering. So the only flip side to that is if you're finding that you're sharing and people are not supportive of you, you need to start filtering your life. You need to start blocking or not necessarily blocking. I would definitely hide. If people are really rude, you are going to have to filter your life. Again, this will be a topic for, we're not going to keep going on this, you know, down yeah. this path, but I do want you guys to realize that. And we can talk about that as well, because it is incredibly important. And yes, once you start having, you know, noticing those people that are supportive of you, that you can be accountable with, and you continue to be tight with them on a day-to-day -day basis, you're going to need that daily. Like I think what, I don't know, it was Jim Rohn or John Maxwell or whatever that talks about that motivation. It's not like you just have motivation and you're done. Like just like a shower, you don't just take one shower and you're good, right? You need that daily dose for sure. So you don't get that stinking thinking. And it is so true. So start to really gravitate towards those people that are in encouraging you, that are believing in you, that are supporting of you, that will be your accountability partner in that way. And then anybody else that is, is not doing that, you need to start putting up boundaries and putting up barriers and protect yourself, protect your thinking. And you can love them from a distance. I'm not saying that you have to. I mean, you can push them out of your life. I've, there's <laughs> definitely been some super negative people that I have. And you'll notice it's a dramatic change. So if you are able to do that and go on social media and do that, do that. And like, you will notice a dramatic difference in what you're going to be able to do, um, how you're able to be able to stay in the game. And then everybody's just, then, you know, again, just like we say as well, then you're not alone. Right. Take us, take, take me in your post. If you're doing something accountable and you're like, Hey, I'm doing this, I'm going for this. I take, I would love to encourage you. So yeah. take us, that would be fantastic. We'd love to see what you're working on. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for this awesome session. We're excited to be continuing to rock and roll here. And um, yeah, so we'll be seeing you guys next Tuesday. Talk soon. Have a oh, great day. Real quick for the, sorry, show notes. This one is going to be Hot Mess to Success slash episode 10. One Hot Mess to Success dot com. Yeah. Slash <laughs> episode how many episodes have we done this? And we're like, all it's all right. We're like, whoa, where are we? What what's going on? We're in double digits now, people. Yeah, Hello. <laughs> all right. Say it again one more time, Laura, so it's clear and concise. What is it again? Hotmess2success.com slash episode 1010. Boom. All right, guys. Awesome. Take care, you guys. I? Have an awesome day. Bye. See ya. 
Hey friends, thanks for listening today. If you have not registered for all the amazing prizes, go to hotmesstosuccess.com slash win. And always remember, you are not alone. You are highly favored and greatly blessed and you have everything inside of you to kick ass in life and business. Now it's time to take action and own it.